Learn the most empowering hiring techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with your host, Rick Gerard. Sourcing talented people right now is a huge challenge. Over 38 million people quit their jobs in 2021, and a lot of them are not coming back to work. So then we also have the divide over pandemic policies that has driven people away from corporate America, making it more difficult to retain strong people. But sourcing is not the biggest challenge in today's marketplace. Engagement is. It is important that we utilize every viable avenue, i.e. job boards, job postings, and direct recruiting with the objective of just starting intentional conversations. By intentional, I mean not selling but understanding the desires of the person first because it's not about you. Intentional conversations lead to engagement and engagement leads to strong hires. I'm Rick Gerard and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. We help entrepreneurs land the strongest hires and we do so by sharing insights from top performing rebel entrepreneurs, game changers, and industry leaders like our guest today, Mr. Kelly Robinson. Kelly founded Broadbean back in 2001, which was acquired by CareerBuilder in 2014 for like a bazillion dollars, I'm pretty sure. I think it beat the Microsoft acquisition that went down today. And now he leads Red Dot Media, a recruitment advertising agency with a particular skill in programmatic advertising campaigns. Kelly has spent the last 25 years in recruitment and recruitment technology, during which time he has grown integrated, bought, and sold businesses in both the UK and the US. And he is the go-to industry expert for all things job posting, which is what makes Kelly the most apropos guest for today's topic. Kelly, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. Thanks, Rick. That's a very long intro. I appreciate that. (laughs) Did I miss anything? (laughs) I mean... Well, there's more important things, right? Like, I know you're a huge F1 fan. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I suppose the way I describe myself is I'm a husband, a father. I am a massive Tottenham and F1 fan. I'm a not-so-massive Denver Broncos fan, mainly this season. And career-wise, I've spent 175,000 hours helping companies to get their job advertising to work. Which is why I have you on today, because we're going to have a conversation about the current job posting landscape. We're going to talk a little bit about posting versus actually recruiting. And then we're going to actually give you guys a really good landmark on how to best utilize the tools available to maximize your hiring outcomes. Sound like a plan? Sounds good to me. Let's talk about what kind of companies do you serve? Well, a mix, but you already mentioned 38 million people quit their job last year. Yeah. 38 million people. Now, I looked at the last three months. So if we look at August was 4.3 million, September was 4.4 and November was 4.5. So you've almost got 3% of the workforce changing, quitting jobs, or getting out of it for good in the last three months. So it's a really, really unusual market. You know, you can almost throw the rule book away. You know, normally I could come here and say, okay, this is how you make job advertising work. But we're in a really unique situation that nobody's ever seen before. Now, add to that the number of jobs that are on the market. We've consistently track these for certainly the last decade since I moved to the US. And on average, you see between two and four, maybe 4.55 million jobs on average available at any given time. In December, that broke 11 million. So we've got massive amount of people quitting, some people coming out of the workforce entirely. 
probably due to the fact that they've managed to survive for two years and have suddenly decided that they want a job that's meaningful to them and throw into the mix 100% more jobs than normal, 100%. We've never seen this before. It's really unique. And by the way, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, like I'm hearing as I'm talking to people that what's more powerful right now is having a meaningful opportunity, something that really gives them the horsepower they've been wanting. Exactly, yeah. There's a stat that I saw on the Bureau of Labor Stats in December, which said that the leisure and hospitality industry got hit really hard at the end of the year. A million people quit that sector in December. A million people. In December? In December. Wow. Now, when you think of that, imagine the impact that's got in that industry. A million people walking out. And they're hard to replace. And I'm sure a lot of people are pulling from those industries because of the fact that they're well-trained. You have people there that have skills that are desirable, and maybe they don't want to service people anymore. Maybe they want to get back into the corporate side or do something different. Yeah, absolutely. I think when you think about this leisure and hospitality, I guess there's a lot of work in that space that perhaps is not as satisfied as it should be. Perhaps it's not as paid to the level where people need it to be. And so they've just decided, hey, I can survive. I've managed for the last two years. I can survive. Let's go and try and do something else. There's another interesting stat as well. Record number of people formed companies last year. Really? So are we going to turn into a nation of shopkeepers? So businesses like lifestyle businesses or actual like business businesses? 4.3 million people set up companies last year, which is higher than most. Well, I know that the podcast industry itself exploded. We went from like 700,000 podcasts in 2019 to over 2 million over course of 2020-2021. How can you possibly track all those podcasts? Well, a small percentage of that are going to survive, right? Yeah. And a bunch of people will do it for the experience. And I would imagine only a very few hit the quote-unquote Joe Rogan state of hundreds of millions of dollars. I don't think anybody's hitting Joe Rogan state. <laughs> oh, okay. Fair I mean, he's beating mainstream TV. He gets 11 million downloads per episode, whereas the highest other show gets like three to four million maybe. There's a kid on YouTube that basically unboxes and plays with toys. Oh, His name's yeah. Ryan. Yeah. He apparently has more subscribers than Nickelodeon has watchers. He's got to that point. It literally makes that much impact. And he's like 20 now. He's in school now. And the parents have done something where they've... I remember watching that with my daughter when she was five. Right. Okay. I don't know. He's got to be like 12, 13 or something like that now. I think this generation of kids have grown up with YouTube. So there's bigger stars on YouTube than there are on mainstream TV. So very true. That's because we all cut the cable all the time. And <laughs> we, we, we cut the cord and, and give them an iPad. Yeah. So we've made these stars. Yeah, very true. We're on the wrong uh, platform, apparently. <laughs> what about from the job posting perspective? There's a lot of people posting, but what are the challenges that people are seeing? Well, there was two types of companies that we do work for in my business. The first company was, hey, we've got tons of candidates, but we need to make it more efficient. And the second one is we really need help find people. And the only conversation I'm having at the moment is we really need some help finding people. There yeah. is a crisis out there from across the board. I mentioned hospitality and leisure, but it stretches into healthcare. There's reputedly 1 million unfilled nursing roles in the US, the driver shortage, you know, supply chain issues. So I think it's everywhere. What I would say is the conversation cannot start with how do I reduce cost? How do I do this for free? Those conversations, <laughs> and we as recruiters have driven that a lot. Those conversations do not exist in the 2022 vocabulary. It's certainly from where I'm sitting right now. Now, yeah. there'll be outliers, of course. I'm not saying everybody has to pay for everything. But I think, first and foremost, if you're looking to lure candidates to your company or to engage with people through some form of advertising media, 
you're going to put some dollars behind it. And that's a fact right now. There's no organic search. There's no free anything anymore. It's actually gone to, if you want, you're going to have to pay to play, period. Yeah, exactly right. Absolutely. I'm certainly hearing that people are not in a big hurry. And the engagement piece is kind of like the trick right now. Yes, you can get people to respond, but you got to get them engaged. You got to get them talking to you. You got to get them interested. And what I'm seeing is that the normal sales pitch isn't working either. The, hey, here's what's cool about our job. Here's what's cool about our company. It's not as powerful as it used to be two years ago when employer branding was a huge thing. And so I'm seeing a lot of people sinking a lot of dollars into employer branding and, oh, we still have a foosball table. But that was an interesting point, right? People would say, look, come and work in this fantastic office. Well, we've all spent the last two years working out of a bedroom or a converted space. Yeah. So that may be less of a pull. It's definitely less of a pull. Exactly. What I am seeing is good old-fashioned financial rewards. So we are seeing bonuses for all sorts of positions, money I've never seen before. I'll give you a case in point. I saw my first bonus for a van driver. No special licensing requirement, but my first bonus for a van driver in August for $1,500. If they came and worked for the if company. If they came and worked for But December, that was over 10 grand. Oh, wow. Bonuses like that were... People just have to go to Amazon to find the driver. <laughs> and they, they, well, they suck up all the drivers. How many of Amazon got all of them? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair point. But the point is, is, and you're in this world, right? You've been in the executive search world for a long time. Hiring bonuses were the enclave of the C-suite, right? Yeah. It didn't really translate. Well, did, it went didn't down, move down like from sometimes, there. It went into the engineering ranks. Oh, it did? Yeah. Okay. You get sign-on bonuses for software engineers quite a bit. Presumably at a senior level. No, even junior mid-level. I mean, there's been a shortage there for a long time. Right, okay. And there's always been a feeding frenzy for good engineering talent. We've not seen so much of that from an advertising standpoint. So maybe that yeah. was from a search point of view. Yeah. But I'm seeing it for everybody now. I've got nursing roles that are carrying today a 50K sign-on bonus, $50,000 to sign on. And I'm sure that person's worth every dollar, but that didn't exist six months ago. See, if you're a nurse, sign on. All right. Well, you're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Gerard. And for our podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick educational moment from our sponsors. Hey, check out stridesearch.com. There you'll find additional content and resources and a link to Healing Career Wounds, which is available now on Amazon. Let it be your guide to hiring the most successful talent for your company. Our guest today, we're talking to Kelly Robinson. Kelly is the CEO of Red Dot Media. And we're talking about the dilemma that everybody's having, especially in how to utilize best job posting. So let's dig into that a little bit, Kelly. We all feel the pain. How do mm -hmm. we fix it? So let's talk about postings. We have, indeed, we have ZipRecruiter, we have LinkedIn, we have Facebook, we have all these different mediums. Where do we pick? How do we utilize that? So I think it depends clearly on the type of person and the job you're looking to recruit for, right? So there's going to have certain publishers have got a specific audience that you want to tap into. If I'm posting on Indeed, what has the best potential for me to locate people on Indeed? So Indeed is the largest publisher in the world of jobs. If you look at their site traffic, it dwarfs everybody else. So that has to be a key part of your strategy. Now, coming up incredibly fast, currently number two, one would argue through certain lenses, number one is ZipRecruiter. Again, huge site. If you're looking to hire and you're a smaller business and you're just, we need to go and advertise for these people because we can't just do it through our network, then they're two obvious choices that you're going to consider for sure. 
Beyond that, if you're becoming a little bit more strategic about the way you engage candidates, then obviously you've got all of the social channels. Obviously, the first ones people think about are Facebook and Instagram. We do tons and tons of work on things like TikTok, Snapchat. We do a hyper-targeted stuff with people like Nextdoor.com, which is really interesting for driving referrals. So again, it's not a one-size-fits-all. But if you're just looking for, I need to post an ad, a classified ad, to get somebody to talk to me about potentially working through my company, then you start with those two big players. Okay, you work down so if there. I'm looking for a software engineer, though, is indeed a good place? Yes. I mean, you've also got LinkedIn and you've got Career Builders and Monsters and you know some of the kind of historic brands that have been around for a long time. I think it really depends on the volume of what you're looking for. Is this a consistent hire? Do you need to hire software engineers every month or do you need to find one now? Let's say I need to find one now. LinkedIn probably the best place? Again, LinkedIn, I would look at LinkedIn, Indeed, ZipRecruiter, one of those three, depending on your preference and depending on your tolerance for price. Let's talk about that a little bit, tolerance for price. Is Indeed more expensive than LinkedIn or ZipRecruiter? How does that rank? Again, with all of these sites, you're paying on a cost per click basis. So you're paying for, so Indeed's a little unique. Indeed, every time somebody views that job on Indeed, you're paying for the privilege. So if you post an ad on Indeed, and let's say for me, a good starting number would be $250. You spend $250 on an individual job every time somebody views that job. So it doesn't apply, doesn't click. They're on the left-hand side of the screen. They're looking at their jobs. They open it up. It opens up for the right-hand window. You're paying for that privilege, and you will pay anywhere from X cents to a couple of bucks, sometimes more, per view. Per view. For somebody to read the job on Indeed, you're paying every time. Nope. Every time somebody views that job. So you better write a really good job description. Well, no, actually write a really good job ad. We talked about this before. Yeah. Not a job description. Everybody posts job descriptions, so that's why they don't work. Job advertising. One of our quote unquote secret, not secret source, is that we will take a job description and we'll get it rewritten. We'll turn it into an ad yeah. and we'll work with some of the partners or we'll do some stuff ourselves. But you've got to give people a compelling reason to want to work for your organization. And that falls into three categories. Let's talk about who your company is. Let's talk about the position. And please, let's talk about the potential. Answer the question, why should somebody quit their job and go and work for your company? The job postings that you see are usually a list of wants. And like, of course this they is are. what we're looking for. Yep. And there's nothing compelling in there. Sometimes they open up with a little bit about the company, but that doesn't actually solve the person's problem. Let me tell you more about me. You ever meet that person? You have a conversation and they just keep talking, talking. And like, well, hold on. That's great. Let me tell you more about me. Like, yeah, well, that's what I'm, I feel like these job postings are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been to enough uh, conferences to have met those people for sure. I think what you've got to do is you've almost got to throw the rule book away and go, look, what used to work isn't going to work in today's market. And there are certain companies that are going to get this right. They're going to connect with the zeitgeist of the candidate, the current mood of the industry, and they're going to have huge successes. But if you think you can solve today's problems by optimizing what you've done over the last few years, forget it, you're going to fail. Well, that's clearly not working. And I think that's why we're having a lot of problems right now. And look at it. We may have touched on this before, but if you go and apply for a job, in many cases, what you end up is, is on some archaic applicant tracking system with some weird application process that was designed to replace paper. 86.2% of every single person we see apply for a job, 86.2% apply from their phone. Yet the positions that you apply for are never optimized to work off your phone. So if we're going to do one thing, change that. Go mobile first. Everything else, irrelevant. Surrounding error. Well, even the resume is irrelevant, really. I mean, if you get somebody who applies to your job, you should take advantage of it now because 
and engage that person in a conversation. Let them opt in or opt out. Absolutely. Resumes are notoriously bad. They don't tell you whether or not somebody's good. Yeah, so we've just started moving customers away from that. And it's honestly like weaning people off of coffee or yeah. you know some other drug. You suddenly take a resume away from a recruiter and they panic. And I'm like, but here is some information. It's the person's name. It's the questions you've asked them. And it's a link to their LinkedIn profile or something similar. Have a conversation and decide between yourself whether that should become an application. You're 100% right. I think that having the recruiter look at it is kind of helpful. They should have at least a basis to go by. But now taking that resume and giving it to the manager, I don't see a purpose in that. Take the data that you gathered from that recruiting call or that discovery call that you had, provide that to the hiring manager. It's way more relevant. Yeah, but it's what we've been trained to do. The resume is the crutch that we've been trained to use, uh, right? Yeah. And it's really frustrating. You know, if you're sitting there and you're applying on this on your phone, right, you can sign up and become an Uber driver or a Lyft driver or whatever else with your thumb going click, 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 background check, done. Yeah. But if you're going to go apply for a job, you've got to come off your phone, go back to your laptop, which you don't, which is why these companies complain that they're spending too much money and not converting because the processes are archaic from two years ago and it doesn't work in today's marketplace. So like I say, some companies get this. Some companies are like, okay, we see it. We're going to make the change. They invest in their tech stack yeah. and make it work. The vast majority of people are... But the vast majority of tech stacks are still working under that same process. Exactly. So the tech stacks haven't evolved to it either. Here's an interesting stat, and it was from a survey from our friends over at JobVite. Are we allowed to plug people here? Sure. I mean, I have no affiliation with them. We just enjoy working with them in the past. So in one of their surveys... 64% of recruiters expected recruiting budgets to increase. Now, the conundrum is that in a staffing survey that was run by an HR leadership company, 30% of the leadership of these companies expected to decrease the recruitment budget this year. So you've got that clash going on. The leadership want to spend less money, but the recruiters want to invest more in tech and more in AI to actually support what they're doing and to support the current world. So it's, I think 22 is going to be fascinating to watch. Really fascinating. Oh, I totally agree. You also told me earlier that on Friday, 14,000 recruiting jobs. Yeah, because that's the solution. Right? Everyone says, okay, we'll just hire somebody recruiting. Like it's a throwaway commodity. Let me tell you, when you try and hire somebody who's a recruiter right now, that's got experience and is good. Let me tell you how the conversation goes, Rick. It goes, hey, are you? And they go, how much and where? No, thank you. That's your conversation. So you better be ready when you call them up to answer how much and where. Because calls. you ain't hiring them otherwise. I still get calls all the time when you come recruit for me. I think if you're on the agency side, there is a definite need for your skills and expertise. Yeah, but right here's now. the problem though. You're not going to pull anybody out of an agency because the agency people are making too much money. Agreed. The one thing that the agencies are doing that the in-house recruiters are not doing is the agencies are getting the resume and they're having a conversation. Exactly. The in-house people are getting resumes and they're screening out people before they have a conversation. Yeah, or, and I see this a lot, they'll get 50, 60 people apply to several positions and they'll send an email and say, oh, I've got your resume. I'd love to have a conversation. Would you click on my calendar link and schedule an appointment? And then they never follow it up. And yeah. then they come to us and say, hey, we're not seeing the advertising work as well as possible. I'm like, well, you could at least try. So we're yin and yang, right? You're very much from the camp of you should find people and I'm very much from the camp of using advertising. But if you're going to use advertising and you've got a stack of people that are sitting there don't just reach out to them once. They may have missed your email. They may have you know, not been able to take your call. You've got to follow up again. Oh, absolutely. 
you have to be persistent. Exactly. I run into this all the time when I train recruiters is that they send off one email and they don't get a response, so they just give up. And that doesn't work. This is something I try to beat home with people. It takes five to seven emails or points of contact for somebody to respond. Exactly. It's your job to get them to respond. I like to use the example of the car industry or the mortgage industry. You know, if you if anyone's refired or or looked at cars recently, you know, it's like, you know, one minute you're on car gurus or auto trader, you click that you're interested in the car. And for the next two days, you're getting phone calls and texts every 30 seconds with people trying to talk to you about yep. cars. We need a little bit more of that attitude when it's people that are showing that they're potentially interested in working for your company. I've seen postings that have been sitting on looking for heads of talent and stuff like that for months. Yeah. For me, posting a job is, is and always will be one part of your strategy. And for me, I still think when you boil it down, there's four ways you find people. You run an ad, you run a search, you use an agency, you ask for a referral. And I think right now you're probably doing a mix of all of them. But for me, advertising is about driving the conversation starter, not filling a job, driving the conversation starter. Is the person who's showed me they're interested does this person, can they do the job? Could they work anywhere else in this organization? Or do they sit next to the person that I might want to be talking with? My point on the whole thing with job postings is that people rely too heavily on that. Like that's their sole source of candidate flow. And I think you also need to be doing recruiting. Agreed. For positions. And one of the things that I talk about is, hey, if you're a small company and you're one of the founders, just invest an hour a week, put it on your calendar and just reach out to people. And again, you're going to have to hit them five to seven times. Don't just rely on that influx of candidate flow that comes from your job postings. Can we go back to the paid thing? And we all know that we're going to have to pay for jobs. Let's say I have four or five positions open. They're all kind of various positions within my organization. They're not repetitive. I know I'm trying to pin you down on this. So where is my money best spent if I've got, let's say I'm looking for software engineers and I've got a budget of a thousand bucks. How can I best spend that? If you go to Google and you search for those jobs, you'll see the top leading boards in that market okay. on the front page of those results, right? And it's going to include the Indeeds and the Zip Recruiters and the Talent.coms and the Career Builders and Monsters, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that's what I would do. I would look to see who is competing in that space and where should I be putting my jobs? I think if I was running a smaller business with four or five openings, I'd probably develop a relationship with some form of local recruitment business, maybe broker some sort of deal where, you know, they're pretty good at writing ads. They're definitely good at finding people. And maybe I can come up with some agreement to use them and I would outsource it. There comes a point when you want to bring some of that in-house, of yeah. course. But when you're small, you have to outsource pretty much all of it. Yeah, I would think so. I would just push it out. I would find people to work with me and I would find people to do that. If I was going to run ads, then I would, like I say, run a search and I would look at who seems to be leading, who's got the most kind of front page real estate for that market and work with those. So I type in Google software engineering jobs, see what comes up. And you're going to see the names that we've spoken about. Yeah. It's going to be Indeed and ZipRecruiter and Monster and Career Builder and so on and so forth. I mean, are we talking for professionals? Do they all go to Indeed? Because that's what we all know to go. Do they go to Dice or some of these other smaller? There are lots of people that are specialized. And we're just talking about tech. Then obviously Dice is one of the leaders in that very specific market. But then yeah. you've got, you know, the Stack Overflows and those types of people as well. So there's a lot of places that you could spend money to advertise your jobs. I think it's worth spending a little bit of time looking at the job you're trying to fill. And you could go as far as taking a you know, snippet of the job description and throwing it into Google and see what comes back. Once you get them to respond take advantage of that time on that phone call and really kind of understand who that person is because that's really what's more important than you selling a job. 
and actually having the conversation with the person. Especially when you're a small business, it's also encouraging people to think about you as an organization. It's an opportunity to spread the word about what you're doing as a company. They may recommend it to somebody else. So take advantage of everything you can on that conversation. We're just about out of time for today's show. What would you say would be two or three key takeaways you can give the audience that can plug into the business today? Two or three key takeaways. It's a unique market. Do not think you can deal with today's problems with yesterday's ideas. That's not going to happen. Secondly, the conversation today around how do I do this cheaper to find people is somewhat irrelevant. You're going to have to invest some dollars. I hate to say it, but you're going to have to write a check if you want to, particularly if you want to do it at scale. That would be my kind of two key takeaways. I think probably the third point is if you're thinking about bringing in a recruitment professional, that's a tough gig right now. So maybe thinking about building a relationship with local firm and, and gigging some of that work out might be a good thing to do as well. Or bring in an admin to do some of the work that can help you out sure. and train them. Kelly, thanks so much for your time investments today. And I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community. Now, what would be the best way in which members of the audience can find you, Red Dot Media, Job Splice? Like, you know, we didn't mention that, but... You can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Kelly J. Robinson, or the same on Twitter. Well, I want to thank our listening audience for tuning in this week's episode of Higher Power. Quick thanks to our team, Brian Colburn, Andrea Ballin, and Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, review, and share after all this shows for you. And we want to make sure that we're providing valuable content that you guys can plug into your business. Uh, you can join the Higher Power Radio community at Higher, H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, Radio, R-A-D-I-O.com, or you can drop me an email at rickatstridesearch.com. Tune in next week. Our guest is going to be Justin Earsdyke. He is the president of Trendcore and Bricks. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power Radio. Catch our LinkedIn Live show every Tuesday at noon or download the podcast on iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, or your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate you joining us on Higher Power Radio with your guide to hiring success, Rick Gerard.